Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello again, Blues. Welcome back to the Toffee Web Podcast, your weekly dissection of everything Everton. Since we last recorded in the dying embers of transfer deadline day, the Toffees have, of course, earned an impressive point from the Goodison Derby, and there's a feeling that Frank Lampard's Everton, something closer to the team you'd like us to be, rather than the needs-must approach from the back of last season, is starting to take shape. We're still looking for our first win, of course, and there's nothing easy about the next assignment in North London on Sunday, but there are definite green shoots of optimism around the team, the players we've signed, and our prospects this season. Paul and Andy are with me again, and you fellas can weigh in with your thoughts on Saturday's entertaining goalless draw, but we'll start with the returning Al Bretland to discuss it all. Al, glad to have you back. What are your thoughts on the game? Oh, cheers, Lyndon. Yeah, so I think really that that the game on Saturday was the, was the blueprint, I think, that we want to see. Um, that, for me, was very much the the Everton of old. Um, it reminded me very much of, of, of the... The, the good days of David Moyes. Um, I thought we were resolute. I thought we set up well. I thought we had real fight. I thought we were spirited. But I think also there was a bit of quality on the ball as well, which we haven't really seen in, uh, in recent times. So for me, it was a massive step forward uh, to see the team play like that. And I think in a, in a short space of time, the, the improvement's been huge. Um, I don't think it's the best Liverpool side that's come to Goodison. But at the same time, I don't think it's the worst, and I think the the fact that we you know we held our own could have possibly won the game on another day. Um, I think it just bodes really well for the season that you know we've got a team now that that can put in a performance and does does have all of those qualities that you need in a in a Premier League season. You know, it it's got grit. There's the determination. I think in the team now as well, particularly with Tarkovsky and Cody. I think there's a lot of authority. But I think there's a nice uh, blend of youth with like Anthony Gordon, 
Nathan Patterson, who I think really came into his own in the in the game. You can you can tell, can't you, that he comes from a city that has a big derby match. He sort of from the off, he seemed to know that you know you need to put a foot in in those games to get the crowd right behind you. You know we're already up for it, but when you see a player do that, it just you know increases that. Um, so I think there's there's you know it's sort of the shoots of recovery. You know it is only one game, but I think building on on those games, you know we can now say. You know, we're, we're four games unbeaten in the Premier League, and I, th- I think it, it's just a massive, massive psychological boost that, that, that the players were able to all, to a man, put in a really solid performance. Um, you know, it wasn't anything amazing, but it, 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 it it's something that we haven't seen on a on a consistent basis for a very long time at Everton. So for me, um, I think it's uh, you know I will go as far to say it's the best I've felt about Everton for quite a while. They got a lot of self belief, haven't they? The players, it seems. Um, that's the thing that just struck me. It's they, they just keep on going, don't they? They got. I mean, for a team that haven't won won a game in the league yet, it's quite. You know, they, they really they, they fight for each other ever so hard, don't they? And it's like I said, the belief there, and um, you just keep on going. It. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you, even though we haven't won a game in the league yet, you you, you don't really worry about Everton now. I mean, how many sort of like sleepless nights were the last <laughs> last season going in last the last few months of like. Looking at the fixtures, totting up the points you're gonna get, and yeah, you know, I mean it's it's anything from my mind is like relegation. It's just more where can you know where can we finish up that table? I'm pretty um I'm very very confident and and, and the lads growing uh, growing together as a team, and obviously we need to get that win soon. Um, tall order this weekend. Obviously we need to get they need to get that get that start. You know, get 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 that sort of monkey off the back soon, I suppose. But yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll kick on. They got a lot of belief and. Um, yeah, some he's, he's he's recruited well, and uh, we've been worried all summer about recruitment, haven't we? And it looks like they've looks like they've done okay. So fair play to them. And I guess Mashiri said judges at the end of the window. And if we're going to judge that, then uh, he'd have to say fair enough. So yeah, I was really impressed with the game on uh, with the performance on on Saturday. I think they did uh, did really well. Um, echo Frank's word, Frank's words really of like we're not glorifying a nil nil draw. We're not, you know. Um, you know, we're not champion it, but we're spirited and we're proud, and um, that's the way we should be. And uh, yeah, yeah, nothing but admiration for the way they stuck out on Saturday, lads. And I suppose in, on another day, but I'm bit unlucky not to not to have sneaked it as well. Eh? I think that word is the one that's like sums it up for me as well. I felt quite proud watching that, um, and the last time I can remember saying that about an Everton team, you know, really in a big game. Um, I don't know when it was, um, but that that's the the overriding sense I got, and and there's, there's several reasons for it. Of course, just because we're playing them, but also because, like, when when there's a young player playing, I, I often say to the telly or on you know in person, I always say, "Oh, go on, kid." And the number of times I said that because we've got so many bright young players, um, and it, you know, from Patterson to Anana to Gordon to Milik- Mikolenko. You know, it just runs through the team, and that's the bit that I think is 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 the most pleasing, and maybe the most proud is that this group have actually started playing like a team, and um, it definitely feels like four unbeaten, not no win in six, doesn't it? I mean, it it, it, it definitely you you feel that way rather than the other way. Um, I, I agree that we we do need to win soon um, because it can't go on too much longer with us feeling yeah. really plucky, <laughs> but like having not won a game in fifteen. But 
Um, no, I, I I felt really proud watching it, and if like, a bit like Al, I think the way you summed it up, Al, was brilliant. In that you know that is the blueprint, really. That is how we we have so much experience of Everton teams playing like that um, over the years, and now this most recent cast hopefully can can turn into something very similar to what we saw in those years under Moyes, and maybe go even better than that. But no, I I was. I was just so pleased. I was, and and I think even you know you always think to yourself they're going to score, aren't they? You know, you, I think you do as an Evertonian, but there was less and less yeah. of that this time. I, I didn't feel that kind of kind of that looming feeling of oh, we're going to be okay, but they're going to score, and we've seen it so many times. But I didn't really get that. Even even in the last minute when Pickford obviously has to touch one onto the post, I didn't I didn't really feel like it was a typical derby in that way, in that kind of haunting way, um, it felt different. Um, and yeah, it gives me, it gives me so much, um, kind of, well, it makes me look forward now so much to, to the next one. I mean, you know, we've got another tough one, like, like you said, but you know, you think, well, maybe we can go and get something, you know? Um, um, I think it's brilliant. And, And I watched Frank Lampard speak after the game, that kind of that BT interview. And I just thought, wow, You've pretty pretty much said everything I wanted you to say. Um, yeah, he's he's always he's always spoken very well. I think that doesn't get you points and doesn't get you <laughs> anything on the CV. But I thought that was perfect what he said, and um, yeah, it feels like we're on the up, even though we're kind of not yet from a table <laughs> point of view. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he really does. He has almost till, since the day he came in hit the right mark with the things that he says. You know, even even the borderline disparaging thing. You know, after his comments at the the FA Cup tie after Crystal Palace, I think there certain things needed to be said. You know, and the players looked like they lacked bollocks, and now they look like they have you know more than more than a pair um, as a collective, which is uh, it's great to see. And I think yeah, two things that from what you lads were saying sort of jumped out to me is the first thing is obviously the the young players stepping up and not just looking like young players who might one day, you know, one day soon look the part. They look the part already. I mean, Nathan Patterson is um, just in a, in a short, a few short months. You can see why we paid as much as we did because I think people looked at that fee, which even at the initial fee of 11 million for, for a kid who's hardly played, even for Rangers, was, was a big fee. But I think there are times when the club will push the boat out for a for a, a prospect that really looks like it's going to work, um, and so you've got to hand it to the recruitment the, the recruitment team on on that on that side, and as you say, Mikalenko doing well, um, Anthony Gordon, I mean the, the 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 pace with which he is sort of blossoming into this player that that Chelsea clearly saw in him, and I think some of us were even you know, back end of last season, even the first couple of games of this season, still thinking, you know, has he got what it's taken? Has he, has, is he really as good um, as as that massive transfer fee would one day suggest? And some of the stuff that he does, you know, if he's doing it now at 21, um, hopefully he doesn't lose that over time because, you know, some, sometimes the players kind of lose their adventurous side the older they get. Hopefully he kind of keeps that, that unpredictable element to him um, where he'll just you know, just, just lose a player with a, with a feint of, and, and let the ball run by him and he, and he's gone. You know, that kind of thing is, is invaluable for a team, particularly one that doesn't have any forwards, <laughs> any natural strikers, you know, 
Um, and the other thing for me was was just the, the self belief, um, the way that they're hitting passes now through the midfield, where those kinds of passes were going astray routinely, even under Carlo Ancelotti. If we want, we remember, I remember talking on other podcasts about and writing you know, reports on on Toffee Web about the mis- the mis- the mystery around why Ancelotti was not able to get this this team. To, you just hit a five-yard pass on, on a consistent basis, and now they're you know pinging 30, 40-yard passes and, and moving quickly through the gears through midfield, and it, and it feels like um, it feels like a proper team now, a team that's actually got a structure, um, it's got defensive solidity now. Um, the, the coherent press and defensive shape is, I think, one of the key reasons why Liverpool didn't score. I mean, just, we really were had them locked down. Um, for long periods of that of that match, and then you've got the counterattacking now, which we really do have um, a serious threat. Um, and it's just, I mean, you know, it's just unfortunate that Neil Mopé wasn't able to finish that chance because I think that would have, well, obviously, would have put the, the cherry on on the cake of a of a great day. But I think yes, the, the next the win has to come soon, but it feels like it's coming, and it feels like um, it's not going to be a team that's going to be easily cowed, easily daunted at this point. And, and that's the biggest thing. Biggest change from the end of last season is there's belief now. I just I just think on paper as well, I think this is probably the most balanced team we've had since Martinez's first season. Just in mm-hmm. terms of the recruitment, if, when you look at it now, yeah. you feel that if there's an injury to a player, we do have a backup for sort of every position. Obviously, it would have been it would have been nice, I think, to get another forward player, either a, either another striker or another maybe wide attacker. But I think now, especially the defense and and the, you know, there's real options in midfield as well. I think I think the defense. I think you've got the you know, Mikalenko is quite flexible that you can play left wing back, left back. He can play left centre back when mm-hmm. Ben Go- when Ben Godfrey returns. He can play across there. Um, you know, you can go three at the back. You can go two. Um, I just think that the way we've recruited, it's something I've certainly felt that we've been lacking in recent seasons, that the balance just wasn't there. If, if, if a player was injured or suspended, we really lost our shape. But I feel like the, the teams that set up against Liverpool, it's almost like a machine and each cog fits into into the mm-hmm. other. Um, and I yeah. think Neil Morpé's presence was really key and I think that's what the fans have really... Uh, that's why the fans were worried in the previous games when we didn't have a striker because with that striker it just pushes the defense back and it and it just gives them something to think about. I think when we played with the the three with Gordon Gray and McNeil, it gave the it gave the opposition almost too much confidence. They didn't really have to worry too much. Um, but I think Morpe just having that nous of being a forward player, he was able to move across that line, and I do I think that. Every player and, and the positions just really work neatly. I think the midfield looks really good at the moment. And you look at it and you think, well, you know, to the core has been an important player for us. And at the moment, he's probably going to have to settle for a place on the bench when he comes back. But when you look at it as well, he really shined when he when he can get forward, when he can move forward the ball. Because I don't think he is, you know, he's not a number six. And I think bringing Adrisa Garnagay back, or having Tom Davis as like the deputy for that, it just means the Corey's game can improve as well. So I think that's been the key for me with the recruitments and why we saw such a good display. I just feel like the the team it works. It actually all complements each other, and I, I just think we've got a really good blend now. If you look at that midfield, I've just written down Garner, 
Ganagay, Iwobi and Anana would probably be a good three to start. But then you look, like you were just saying, you look at the, the three or four behind that, you could put Davies in for Edrisagay. Garner could come in to play the Iwobi role. That's the kind of player I feel he is. And then you've got either Decore or Allen. I mean, that that's strong all of a sudden. I I don't know where it's all, I don't know where it's come from because we didn't have a midfield about three weeks ago, I'm sure. But it's, it's no, just fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's either by luck or judgment that we've got, got to the three in the middle because I don't know whether if he had all of his centre-halves available, he'd still be playing the two. But I'm kind of almost glad we've had to change because um, I think it's shown us well, it's shown the manager what we've been banging on about for <laughs> for quite some time, about a three. Um, it looks really good all of a sudden, yeah. Really good. Yeah, that three of, uh said before, Gay and Anana and Iwobi, that's a very exciting midfield three, I think. If you give them, I don't know, six, six games, I reckon that little will probably do it. and They'll be, they'll be on fire. Um, hopefully no injuries, etc. But they seem pretty... The type of players who don't get injured injured much about meaning to curse it, you know they did. Yeah, they're pretty fit lads, aren't they? Um, them three together, there's just so much energy in that, and uh, so much determination and, and ability in that midfield three. That that's a match that midfield three for most teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, certainly, certainly holds holds its own against most teams in the league. I think it's a really, really, really strong midfield. That um, yeah, I'm a recruitment. You're right, Al. It's, um, yeah, we've been crying out for it for literally years, haven't we? Get this, you know, we're sick of these terrible buys and look at them lot across the park recruiting well, etc. <laughs> and like, and finally looks like we're finally doing it a bit. And yeah, you, you just touched on sort of fullbacks as well. And you think it was, well, this time last season, literally, like we had we had Luca Dean and we had Seamus Coleman and and Ben Godfrey literally covering either side pretty much. And that was kind of, that was literally the solution. Was ben, uh, if, and then if Ben Godfrey gets injured, which he did, I think, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, literally didn't have any cover, did we? I mean, and Delph was obviously never available. There was just no plan. You know what I mean? There was no real sort of uh, option. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, I'm with Rafa in charge. Obviously, it never really worked anyway. So, um, yeah, it's right to do that. And just sensible buys, isn't it? You know what I mean? So now Coleman could work as a backup. Not a load of money spent early on Patterson. We've got a good backup left back in uh, Vanagra. You know what I mean? It's um, just good options all over, really. So, yeah, yeah. Hats off to Thurwell uh, and Frank there for for pulling all that, all that together. Um, no, let's not get too carried away. It's you know it's been a few good performances, and let's hope you know they can just keep this up, keep on that on that track. But um, yeah, you're certainly more optimistic than you were three four games ago, weren't you? I think it's really sort of this feels like the ship's kind of turned. Um, I read like Mick Mick Rathbone's book. You know, used to be the physio at Everton. He did um, the smell of football, mm-hmm. and he put the smell of football too. Both very very good books. And he he like um, equates it to like an oil like a when football clubs start going backwards. I.e., when Moyes left Everton, like a, like an oil tanker. And it's all great when it's sort of gliding along, and then when it's sort of like something goes wrong and has to stop. It's a bloody hard thing to turn that thing around. It's been a similar thing at Manchester United, and you can chuck all the money in the world, lit, but it doesn't do anything unless you sort of get the mechanics right again. And I feel like Everton are getting their mechanics right again finally, you know. And uh, hopefully, it's uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, sign of things to come. And uh, I just want to get that win, get 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 this, yeah, and, and you know, just uh, stick two fingers up to them doubters and get that win, and sort of uh, you know, just uh, yeah, and, uh, and kick on a bit more. Yeah. Exactly. It all takes time, doesn't it? I mean, if you look at um, a Potter at Brighton, 
it's taken him a good while, <clears throat> but he's got a team now that's that's competing up, you know, for the at the moment for the Champions League places. I doubt they've got the stamina to stay there, but they're looking, you know, with with if you look at the uh, the, the players that they've acquired, it really is a case of. Um, a team being greater than the sum of its parts in many ways, and lots of those parts are, are now, you know, sellable for big money, and they just get replaced with cheaper options, but they don't lose any uh, any quality or impetus. And that's, you know, and if you look at the way that Mikel Arteta, his start was really underwhelming at Arsenal, but you just felt that if he was given enough time, you know, a player who's study worked that long under Guardiola is going to pick up, <laughs> you know, is going to pick up a lot of stuff, and it's, and now you're seeing the the fruits of it and it's just sometimes you need time obviously you have to see that there's a plan and the, there's um that you can have to see the, the the end game and i don't think we ever really saw it with marcus silva i think if you give him enough time and enough leeway he might have worked but at the time he just was refusing to a bit like roberto was refusing to to acknowledge the what wasn't working and it was just trying the same thing week after week after week um and obviously our our targets were a lot different back then than they are now. I think now we're in a position where stay in the division and start building towards something over the long term. Um, and so I think you know Lampard's going to benefit from from that patience. Um, and but I already feel just with him and, and Kevin Thelwell the balance that that team has now, uh, particularly in that midfield. Which you know midfield is it's the key to everything really. You know if you don't have a functioning midfield, it lets you down going forward and lets you go going going lets you down defending. And then you know it's it's very hard to be a successful team without a functioning midfield. And how for how long have we really not had one? Um, I mean I've spent far too many of the recent years actively disliking certain players in the Everton team, um, and now I really feel like. You know, we have some players who you can really kind of get behind and sort of invest some emotion in. Um, you know, look at the way that Onana's already, you know, bigging up the crowd and, and, and trying to geeing people up. And, you know, Nathan Patterson's all, all fist pumps. And, 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 and you know, it, it's just, I don't know, it just feels like you've got a likable team now. It's very much more um, settled and much more coherent. Um, and I, I think it was on... Uh, they're discussing it on the Blue Room podcast. I think one of the salient points to me was that the the, the dead wood that's been shipped out. It means that apart from Alan, perhaps he's the only one left who's not got an automatic role. Um, you haven't got anyone so sitting around the dressing room kicking their heels and then potentially, you know, not not causing trouble, but just being that kind of, you know, spare wheel. Everyone is everyone's pulling in the right direction now, and I think that's huge. Um, and I think you're starting to see that now play out on the pitch and hopefully soon in terms of results. We've said for so long, haven't we, about how the players that Everton have signed or have, have gone after, um, Everton isn't necessarily the biggest thing to happen to them. In, in, in We look at like Schneiderlin and you look at everybody else's cast-offs we've had for years. Mm -hmm. It feels like yeah. we've now got the energy of young players who, for them... Everton is the biggest thing that's happened to them so far, you know, and when you see it, when you see them live that and they kind of the light bulb, oh, this is, this is different. This is good. And they get infused, then you get infused and everybody else around them gets infused. You know, I, I think it's that kind of energy of youth that is just so magical at the minute. And I know I'm talking about a magical moment when we're, um, we're at a win in six in the Premier League, but, um, you know, 
I think that's what we're all experiencing today at the moment. Um, and, and it's just it's lovely to see it. And actually, when you when you see that squad on paper and who we've managed to add to it, it, it really wasn't that hard. <laughs> um, it feels like we've, <laughs> we, we've made it look really, really difficult for five years. Um, mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, with some like with that word again, sensible transfers, you can just turn it round. I think players not coming for the money as well. I mean, it's all about these big, you know, player, big wage players that we've had who've been there for the payday. Let's face it, you know, and um, yeah, and that's I've been in that situation. They can't really offer these wages anymore. So all them players that we signed, even the just a gay's taken quite a sizable pay cut to come to Everton. You know what I mean? So it's players who who want to be here, and that's an important thing. And it was probably the same thing when Moy you went back to Moy's earlier, Al. Um, it was a similar thing then, wasn't it? We couldn't pay the big wages. It was all built on sort of team spirit, work ethic. Do they fit into the squad? And it feels like them sort of things have been looked at a lot more than they have done for a long time. And that was the transition from from David Moyes to sort of Roberto Martinez. All of a sudden, you you were looking at players like, say, Alcaraz and Kone. It didn't feel like you know they were sort of players who like had the Everton really factored in age, injury record, stuff like that, whereas Moyes would never assign them sort of players. You know what I mean? You could just go on and on after that, really. You know what I mean? So the, the standards dipped pretty quickly. Hopefully them standards are back in terms of what we're looking for. Are they the right players? Will they fit into the squad? Have they got a position? Have they got good resale value? You've got to think about all these things a lot more now. You know what I mean? So, um, and he seems to be doing it very well. So, um, yeah, we mustn't get carried away. I must call, I'm not trying to be too negative, but, but I, um, I don't want to spoil the party, but I just want to, yeah, try and keep our feet on the ground a bit. We don't want to get too carried away, but it's very, very promising the way, uh, certainly the way they performed performed on uh, on Saturday. How did everyone feel at the end of it? Like, yeah, okay, take the draw, fair enough, and, you know, could have lost all that. Or is, was there like a tinge of disappointment that the goal was disallowed or that we didn't quite sneak out with some of the opportunities? I, I, was, I was just desperate for us not to concede at the last minute, not because it was the yeah. derby, but because I really wanted to like and feel good about Everton again. It sounds weird. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to feel so positive for ninety minutes, and then for that for a for a negative result at the end. I thought, no, we've really we've been through the you know we've been through it the last few seasons, and it. I wanted you know to at least get get a point so that you could really you know hang on that and, and appreciate the performance. Because I think, it, you know, if we'd have conceded in the last minute, it, it would have changed how, how you view things, I think. It would have... We would have been positive about the performance, but maybe a bit more negative about the season ahead. So I was just really eager for us to, to hold on. Because I think when you look going back to the recruitment, I think something that's been really savvy as well is I think they've really done their due diligence. And I think... They've they've not only looked at the ability and as you mentioned, Paul, you know, like resale value, but I think we've got characters in the team now. And I think the most important thing is we've got talkers, uh, and 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 players that can lead, but you know, by balling and shouting, but by example as well. And I think there were there were a few moments in the game where Tarkovsky and Connor Cody, they were, you know, going up to the referee, reminding him of little, you know, little things he'd let go maybe for the opposition, just being in his ear. Um, Cody was a massive presence, I think, for Patterson and Tom Davis, in particular Jordan Pickford. You know, just little things like little pats on the back. You don't get that from a Michael Keane, or, or I feel like we've got real character at the back now. And I think sort of Connor Cody. You know, you'd want to go into battle with him. And I think if we can build on those clean sheets, build those points, I think then it becomes a thing about momentum. Um, so I think, I think. That is something that's really improved. Is that 
you've you've got leaders in that team, but different sorts of leaders. You've got different, you know, players that may not actually have the armband, but players who will who will shout, who will encourage, you know, who will instruct. Um, and I think that's really good for Lampard, who is a young manager. I think if he can have a few of his own sort of managers on the pitch, just to manage those more youthful players, I think it's just a really, really good mix. Um, so that that was the thing for for the Liverpool game. I just I was desperate for them to cling on. Not that we were clinging on, but when when Liverpool had those few chances at the end, mm-hmm. I was just I, yeah. you know I haven't felt like that about Everton for a little while, and I, I didn't want that to be dented. So I was just really pleased that we had something that we could show for our efforts in that game. Yeah, we've seen enough of them heartbreak and last minute ones yeah. against Liverpool, haven't we, as well? So there's uh yeah, it's good for that to not happen. And yeah. I disagree. I disagree a little bit with you and that like we were clinging on at the end a little bit <laughs> the, the last couple of minutes, but uh, I think that was fair enough by that point to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean the word momentum, I mean it, we have we, we we haven't got loads of momentum at the moment in terms of results, but I think what that like we were saying, El, that that draw it just carries us over to one more game, doesn't it? It kind of, it keeps our little run of something going. Um, and you're right, it, I think it would have killed it a little bit. if I think we would have then been all sitting here saying, okay, well, we haven't won in six and um, we've only drawn, you know, three of those and it might look a little bit more gloomy. But um, yeah, I, 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 that was me as well. I was kind of trying to get behind the sofa or anything Um in those last few minutes just please not again because that that would be really unfair um and i just after the whistle i i kind of when you kind of calm down after the whistle you know it's over then i started thinking oh wouldn't it have been lovely for mope oh wouldn't it have been just been dreaming of gladys street derby first goal i mean it doesn't it doesn't get any better than that um and and again for Cody as well. I mean, it would have been a hell of a story um, from where he's come from to mm-hmm. to be at that back post. Um, I, I I didn't celebrate that one though. Did, I don't know whether anybody else really went for it. Did you? I I was kind of I was Not frozen really. by that. I, I absolutely went for it in two seconds. In <laughs> the guy who sits in front of me told me it's offside. So then I had the really surreal thing of everybody else going absolutely mental that we've scored against Liverpool and that we're winning at the Gladys Street end. And I'd sort of already been told that it might be offside. So it was just completely diluted for me. So I'd rather he hadn't told me. (laughs) Because at least I could have had that joy. So Mm. from now on, I'm going to ignore him and just carry on. But it was, it was just, it was just, it was almost like a, a release for everybody as well because of last season. I think, you know, I spoke to a lot of mates who were appreciative of the three months off. Um, and so I think it was nice to have that nice moment, that, you know, that moment of, of taking the lead. I think it was really, really important. And I think that's that's another thing which has put the positive spin on it, that if Cody's a few inches back, we do win that game. You know, it, it's those fine margins that, you know, we have improved that much that, you know, it, it's not only the 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 face in Liverpool in terms of quality. It's like psychological barrier as well. You know, as we said, how many times in the last decade have, has there been a really, you know, cruel goal or cruel ending? And, you know, we, we've we've hung on we, and we've got that point. So, for me, it was just massive. But it was, it was nice to have that little moment of joy. But, <laughs> you know, it was chalked out. 
I was celebrating like yeah, mad. We knew nobody was there to warn us that it was uh, that it was offside. So we like we fought, because the players were celebrating for so long as well. We fought, and then Liverpool got ready to restart. And we thought, oh, but this has actually happened. We've actually scored here. And then and, uh, then was all ready to kick off again. Then it says on the screen, VAR check. Like oh god, and that that's, that felt like an eternity, didn't it? I don't know. They did on TV. It certainly did at the match. It was just like. Oh come on! We know you're gonna. We know you're gonna disallow it by this point. So just like, come on! It's just so disappointing that wasn't it? And yeah, we covered a little bit of these offsides last week, didn't we? And I'm not sure how many other times I can talk about this to people about, about like the, these lines and how much it's frustrating me and all that. Like, but um, yeah, it's frustrating, wasn't it? Just to see it yeah, it's being, being ruled out, ruled out for offside. And some people are saying, "Oh, it was definitely. Oh, that no, was offside. It's like offside." And I'm still not certain if it was or not. You see different angles when it leaves the foot. Did it deflect off Milner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Again, as we said, it's far too inconsistent. It's just frustrating more than anything else. And the sooner they sort of address this problem with these things, the better, really. Um, but yeah. Um, but hey, let's not that, let's not have that spoil the day. It was uh, as we keep saying, a really good good performance. And uh, let's go from there. Yeah, I think the fact that we did have the ball in the net and the fact the, the the way that we played, how well we played and how well, I mean, frankly, we bridged that gap between us and Liverpool because let's not forget, yes, they didn't have their their full strength team out. But, you know, we've gone from a team that almost went down just a few months ago, you know, to, to really going toe to toe with Liverpool. And I think I think if we'd won that match or if they'd won that match, neither side could really complain. Um and so that for me was, if you take out that last minute save from Pickford, I think I would have been a lot more gutted than I was. I obviously relieved at the end to, to get the point, which um, I, I said beforehand, if we can get a point from that and a point from Arsenal, then we've done really, really well. It still doesn't get us our first win, but you know, just picking up points, just keep picking up points in those in those matches where last season we didn't um, and we weren't even close to. Um, so again, if we go to the Emirates on Sunday and get a point, then... You know, you've gone from losing 5-1 away on the last day in a, in a dead rubber to picking up a valuable point. You've gone from last season getting hammered on your own ground 4-1 by Liverpool to picking up a point. You know, it's just these small things that when you haven't got the um, the perfect uh, the perfect strike force or the perfect team, um, and you're still building, these are precious points that we just, you know, just, just pick up. And as you say, Al, it's all about momentum. And that, for me, is... Um, you know, no one's getting no one's getting carried away, but you can you can justifiably be optimistic that they are building a bit of momentum. Um, and again, it's as you were saying, it's we've got leaders and we've got a plan. That's the biggest thing for me. You now we have a plan, and it feels like there's a plan. Um, and when there's a plan, then you know you have success comes out of having a plan. So, um, but with all that uh, in mind, what's if anything do you think changes on Sunday? In terms of you know lineup and 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 tactics and approach, probably Adrissa Gay comes in. You would have thought he's probably uh, yeah. probably ready to start. Other than that, I don't really see what you change unless I mean Dominic trains this week, doesn't he? I don't think he'll start. You wouldn't have thought. Um, I wouldn't want him to. No, you're probably yeah. right. I don't want to throw him yeah. in. I, I think we need to be really really careful with him now. Yeah, I wouldn't be changing. I think just address a guy in for for Tom, which is which is very unfair unfair on Tom. Let's be fair as well because uh, he's, he he done really, he had a really good game, but you just see the difference in quality addresser brings. It's just um, he's he, he's so good. He's so, he's such a good player. He seems to have picked up a little bit of 
panache, hasn't he, from his time in PSG as well? If that sort of yeah. half hour is anything to go by, and uh, I just want I, I just want them three in the middle. Uh, I want Frank to go with them, and I want them to get as many games as possible together as quickly as possible. So I just think that would be such a such a, an awesome three together. Um, so yeah, I'd be that's that's what I'd be doing anyway. As we've mentioned before, that momentum. It's you know, it's uh, we need to get that consistency, and I think that that again is another thing in terms of consistency. I. I I looked into the numbers last season, and Everton had about twenty-three different defensive backlines last season. Um, which wow. you just, you know, because if you remember, you know, we we signed players in January. There was lots of upheaval, but yeah, that it was around twenty-three. And you think when you look at it, you need you need to build relationships on the pitch. I, I look at Tarkovsky mm-hmm. and Cody now, and you sort of when you you need to be at a point where when the team sheet comes out you don't even pay attention to those positions because they're, they're just what they are. And I, I I said on social media at the weekend, Tarkovsky and Cody in there, it almost reminds me of when we had Nigel Martin in goal. There's just a, there's just a, a, a sort of reliability there that you just know that, you know, footballers make mistakes. We might concede, but you know that they are, they're good at what they do. They're, you know, they're, they're experienced, they're reliable. And it, it, it's just important now that, we don't chop and change too much because we do have options, which is great. But I think that's really important for Lampard now because I think when he first came in, he was a bit, uh, you know, experimenting with the team. But I think real kudos needs to go to him because I think he's he's basically ignored what he wanted to maybe do. And he has looked at what we need to do. And that's how he's going to build the team. Um, so for me, I think it is really important that we don't make too many changes because we do... we. We need those partnerships, those relationships. You know, we've we've signed, you know, eight new players. They all need to get to get used to each other. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's right to sort of chop and change at this stage. I think we're we're looking, you know, solid. And I think you know that word momentum is massive. Yeah, Drissa Gay looked looked a player, didn't he? Uh, and I know we're judging that on half an hour, but um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of adrenaline in that performance. But um, as well as looking confident on the ball, which I suppose was maybe until the very end of his Everton career was always the problem with him, wasn't it? He, mm-hmm. he, he struggled with the ball sometimes, even though he's always been fantastic off of it. Um, there was one brilliant moment uh, when he came on, um, and it, it not, not, not the obvious, one of the obvious brilliant moments maybe, but um, we gave the ball away, centre of the pitch, and he, he dropped in to be uh, like an auxiliary right back, um, and he naturally just slotted in in a perfect line with the other three. He um, and then he just went and um, intercepted the ball from right back and set us going again. Now a less experienced or a maybe not that defensive-minded midfielder may not even have dropped into the right area. They might have got stuck to the ball or maybe thinking I've got to go and make a tackle here because we're we're in trouble. Um, but he just he just see he just knew exactly what to do. Um, and I think. That little bit of nous in there, with with all the energy of a Wobi and Anana, is 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 the only change I'd make. Is the is the only change I'd make from the Derby team. Um, I, I think to get him in the team, and like El was saying, to get everybody moving in the same direction as quickly as possible, as many of these new signings playing every week, um, can only be a good thing. So that that's the only thing I'd do really. I mean, I, I have a feeling we'll probably maybe sit back a little bit more than we did against Liverpool, um, but. I mean, why not have a good go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll play a bit more on the counter-attack and we've certainly got the tools to do it. And also tend to play quite a high line. 
um, you know, as Manchester United <laughs> discovered to their to their good fortune over the weekend. So I think, um, yeah, Adrissa Gay for Davis is the only change that I would make. Um, really, I can't see what other change you would make. Um, and as you say, it is a little harsh on Tom because I think in the last three games he's actually been he's actually been pretty sound. Um, and and that's you know for a player who I think we all had major doubts about. Um, but Lampard again seems to be having an impact there. Um, he's had it, you know, had really positive impact on a few um, really underperforming players. Obviously, Alex Awobi almost goes without saying. Now I think he's just his the transformation, as we said last last week or the week before, it's just been unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I think that's the only change that I'd that I'd make. Um, I agree. It's going to be um, a, a similar similar kind of opposition in terms of caliber and the way they move the ball around. So it's going to be really, really hard, uh, really difficult game. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we can, if we can grind something out and, and capitalize on the fact that they've had their first setback of the season, um, maybe get under their skin a bit, get under Arteta's skin and then uh, who knows. I'd give us a chance on, on Sunday. They've got Europa League, haven't they, on Thursday? I think they're away. Mm-hmm. I think they're away in Switzerland. I could be mistaken. So yeah, okay. I mean, they'll, they'll obviously make a lot of changes for that team for that game or the fourth. But still, it's yeah, it's it, it, they always say it's a bit of a headache, isn't it? The Thursday Sunday. I've never known why it's any different to Saturday to Wednesday Saturday. By the way, but anyway, <laughs> they, they say this. But yeah, it's another game for them to have to play in the middle of the week. And um, I give us a chance. I mean, I, just, I watched yeah, I watched the fair chunk of the Man United game, and two things are shocking. One, like you just said, Lyndon, I think. You can have joy against Arsenal on the counter attack, definitely, and that's what we had our most joy against Liverpool. I almost felt like uh, Liverpool had so many corners in that game, and, and there was a period in the second half. It just felt like it was just like continuous amount of corners. And uh, says the fact next week, it feels like it's Liverpool's best route to goal that corner, but also it's our best route to goal as counter attacking mm-hmm. from their corner because we seem to break so well, and that's more or less how um, eventually uh, Mope got that opportunity. Really, he's never encountering and great play by. Um, by Damari Gray, and then, yeah, you should have pulled it away, really. Um, so, yeah, if you can get that right on the counter, that, 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 that'll that create opportunities, I would have thought. And the other thing, that Man United's first goal, yeah, you know, Arsenal lost possession. Man U broke quite nicely. There was a few good passes there anyway, but it was good good attack and play by Man United. But blimey, did Arsenal look panicked and all over the place, just trying to sort of like put out that fire before, before the ball went into the net. So... Yeah, get at them a bit, and it's kind of feels same old Arsenal on defence, just um, all, all at sea at times if you go at them a little bit. So um, I think of Arsenal always feels as well, if you're going to win the game at the moment, you're going to have to score more than one. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, I think that they're the, the scoring a lot of goals as a given. It's going to be tough, but I'd give us a chance there. Um, more than we allow us a, a, a win or a draw there. Again, it's, it's nice to be able to go there with confidence. And you're right, Al, as you, know, you said earlier, um, had we lost the game, we probably wouldn't be going there with confidence. We'd just be going there all flat and the players would be going in on Monday all flat and gutted. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, so it's uh, a lot to build on and it's yeah, it's, a, it, it's an opportunity there. I think it might not be the worst time to play them. And it's strange given that they've, they've won all but one of their games so far. But um, yeah, it's, I quite fancy it somehow. It feels like a bit of a... Not, I don't want to say a free hit because nothing is in the Premier League, but because we got the point against Liverpool, it, it almost gives us, well, let's have a go against Arsenal. Whatever we'd lost against Liverpool, you might be thinking, oh, we kind of need to get something, you know, soon, where it, it feels a little bit freer now. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, 
I'm excited about games. I, 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 I know that sounds like a really it's nice, isn't it? Thing to say. <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's no small thing because there were matches last season where I was absolutely dreading them. You know, dreading matches under Benitez or dreading matches, you know, because we were just struggling so badly at, at the bottom end of the of the, you know, of the league under Lampard. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, enjoy it while we can. That's what I say. <laughs> and it's nice as well. Burnley have been winning lately, and it doesn't matter. That Burnley <laughs> yeah, <has> been, <laughs> and it doesn't affect us. Like, I even quite enjoy watching Burnley under company, which is something I didn't think I'd say six months ago. <laughs> you mentioned there, like the points we're picking up, them, them four points we got. From, I mean, I think that was the one that was quite palpable for like that big, that, that horrendous one from. I don't know, where did it all start? I don't know, that, that one when Rafa went like sort of 12, 14 games, whatever it is, just that one win against Arsenal and one draw away at Chelsea and the rest of all defeats. And some of them just dreadful defeats at Norwich and Brentford and places like that. Mm-hmm. And just, we were never just picking up the odd point here and there. And that was the thing. And literally when it came down to like the fine margins staying in the league, just a few more points then would have been much more, pretty, pretty damn helpful coming that run, wouldn't it, you know? Sorry. Actually, on Saturday, we've got 66% of the draws we had for the whole of last season. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Is, is, we've, we've got four draws last season. We got six. And I was reading that um, it was Palace and Brighton actually got the same number as wins as us. Now, Brighton finished ninth. There you go. And it, it, it just shows if you can grind those points out, it's about basically if you can't win, do not get beat. And if you can build those points up, it, it, it can make a massive difference to your season. Um, and I, I think that's the main difference, as I say. 3rd of September, 66% of the draws already that we got last season. That That's huge. It shows that, you know, we are difficult to beat. Whereas last season, I think, was it 21 games we lost in the end? It, it's crazy. It's just, you know, you know, you're going to be in that predicament if you lose that many games of football. Um, yeah. So I think grinding out those points is really key this season. Yeah, and, and them four draws we've had as well. You don't even really say the uh, Nottingham Forest one. That's a bit of a disappointing draw, you'd say. Albeit, albeit we, we were behind as well, so at least we got a point. Yeah, you know I mean, so uh, that's what you talk about nicking points if you can't win. That's, but that's the only one you look at them four and go, ah, oh, you'd, you'd expect to win that really. A draw away at Brentford, a draw away at Leeds, and a draw at home to Liverpool. Nothing to be stiffed at whatsoever. So, yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. No, and we've had three. We've only played three home games, and two of them were against you know potential top four, top three teams. So. Mm. You know, I think it's uh, we've got time. We've got time, and, and we're moving in the right direction. So that's the important thing. And just go, just before we go on, just just that 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 um, disallowed goal, the the Cody goal. I I think we can we're all, and the club included, we can all actually still use that moment. If you see what I mean, and, and the club literally have used it. I mean, some of the stills they've released from the game. Like um, giving quotes. I mean, Nathan Patterson was clearly celebrating a goal. So, so that they, so even in the in the kind of this is all kind of maybe a bit psychological, but even in the imagery of what Everton looked like and what we do and where we are as a as a club and a team, I think we can all use those moments still. I know it didn't count, but that was for a for a few seconds and and for photographs for the in, until the end of time. That was Everton celebrating a goal against Liverpool at the Gladys Street end. And I think it's all. I think we can use it. What What really struck me inside the stadium as well was how much Liverpool fans celebrated the goal being ruled out. They yeah. celebrated like it was a goal, and I know yeah. there's an element of goading in that as well. 
But I think they knew that they, you know, they weren't on it like they have been in the past. So I think they they were, although they will probably say that, you know, they 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 should have won or whatever they whatever they'll say. I think in the end, I think they were probably glad of the point because I think on a, you know on another day they were they were leaving Goodison having lost to to Everton. Um, so that that really struck me as well. It's just the wait for VAR. They celebrated like they'd scored. And I, I, you know, that the dynamic that the two clubs have had over the last decade, that did just really strike me that you can tell they've not had the best of starts. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it was loud when they, when they it was a, it was quite a loud celebration. Yeah, you're right. It's element and go within as well, as you say. Yeah, I remember, yeah, that was similarly a bit like blimey that. Uh, once they woke me up, that wouldn't be fair. But yeah. <laughs> so the I was like, yeah, it's like maybe well, it, was, it, was, it was the only noise they made all game. So they were yeah. quiet, actually. Yeah, at least yeah. from where we were sat, they were quiet for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, in light of what is clearly uh, we all agreed now, a really exciting nil-nil derby draw. Uh, this week's question is on that topic. You can either pick. A really exciting nil-nil draw you can remember, a really, really boring game you recall, which is probably, I suppose, by definition, a goalless draw, or both. Um, who wants to go? One that, one that um, <laughs> remind, uh, Everton versus Birmingham. It was the uh, uh, that drab 2005-2006 season when, obviously, we finished fourth the year before, got well, well out of your let's say, and... Um, and uh, yeah, no, no, the, the, the season was just, uh, it was just, just rubbish, wasn't it? Obviously, there, there was so much doom and gloom. Everyone was gutted that we then went in the Champions League, went in Europe at all. You could tell it was problems with the, you know, it affected the squad. It just took a long time to sort of even get to sort of like a playing with any sort of, like as, as any sort of team. Then the second of the season, he picked up a bit and we were, you know, well cleared the bottom few places and finished about mid table, 12th, 13th, probably something like that. But one game in, in that, in that point, you know, that point at the end of the season when you got nothing to play for, which we kind of all hope that we'll be in this season, really <laughs> get to like, you know, March, <laughs> April or something like that. Um, yeah. Like we had Birmingham city at home. Um, it's probably rubbed it in and that like the, on the way Liverpool were playing, uh, Chelsea in the cup semi-final at, at Old Trafford, so they were all going you know, on the trade. Yeah, you know, as we get into Liverpool, they were all off all smug off to off to uh, Old Trafford. I think they won as well. So, and we got yeah, and a mate of mine came to the match, and um, he, he doesn't even like football. Um, he was a spare ticket going. Um, it was Everton Birmingham. It was nil nil. Nothing happened all game apart from James Beattie had a goal disallowed. Um, which you knew quickly was disallowed, but my mate had no idea and was just like, just trying to get the spirit of things, going berserk about it. And even when the, it didn't occur to him that when he restarted with a goal kick, that's all he knew about football. That it, 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 that it didn't mean that it was a goal. <laughs> but that was like quite funny. And the highlight of the game is probably, I would call it half time. Um, so we go down for the beer and uh, they had these like uh, basically bins, but they had like, they were like, like shaped like a big like tin of Chang beer. And like the, the the sort of ring pull, uh, the where you open your can, the, the, the ring there was where you'd put your beers in, your know, your MCs into the thing, and somebody put their beer on top of that and let go of it, and it's, it's full of beer and shoof, straight into the uh, <laughs> straight into the bin. So <laughs> 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 it's really funny. That's so that was more memorable than the game. It's it really drab. It's, it's I guess that's a terrible game, and you know you remember everything that happens other than mm-hmm. on the pitch. So that was a. Uh, one that sticks in my memory. I think that's the only reason it does stick in my memory is because of other things that happened on the day, you know, rather than the actual game. So that's probably the worst one I can think of. I um I struggle with this one. 
um, to begin with. And I thought, okay, let's have a look back and, at, the, at the games I've actually been to. And I found a nil-nil. And, and it, it must have been awful, and I've checked since it was, because <laughs> I, I, I'm obviously clearly not from, from, from Liverpool. And so, you know, days out at Goodison for me are, 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 are magic. You know, they, they are they're the two, three, four, maybe five times a year I get up there. It's like, wow, this is the best weekend. I can literally remember nothing about this game. And I've just read the BBC report and I still don't remember the game. Uh, it's 2013. Um, Everton nil, Spurs nil. Um, it was in November. Um, typically, Everton, it says, and Tottenham both passed up the chance to go second. Of course we did. Um, it, was, um, it was Roberto Martinez's Everton against um, Andre Villas Boas's Tottenham. Um we had quite a good side. It was in the days when, you, you like um, El was saying, you've kind of named the back four, Coleman, Jagielka, Distan, Baines, Gareth Barry in midfield with Osman and McCarthy, Lukaku, Morales. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the BBC report says it was drab. Um, and the top line of the report was that Roberto Soldado, Soldado missed a header from Aaron Lennon's cross. And that was pretty much all that happened. Um, so yeah, that that will have to go down as the most drab Everton game I've ever been to, simply because I cannot I cannot remember anything that happened. <laughs> I can't even remember the trip up. I can't remember us playing Spurs at Goodison. I mean, my spreadsheet is is watertight. I'll tell you that much, right? I've got <laughs> I've got stats, um, and I I I must have been there. Horrifically, I can't remember any of it. Yeah. Well, my, my most memorable nil-nil is a game that I still haven't even watched because for a rather <laughs> soppy reason. Watford nil, Everton nil at the end of last season was the night my daughter was born. Ah, so that's right. that, is, that, is, that is the game that I will always remember. And I'll never forget the midwife was sort of, when my girlfriend was going into labour, the midwife was making a bit of small talk and it actually turned out that uh, when I sort of mentioned my old job that I was in, you know, a football journalist, my girlfriend sort of gave me the eyes of to say, are you really going to talk about Everton now? And it turned out <laughs> midwife's brother used to be a coach at Everton, to which my girlfriend then glared at me. And honestly, as as my girlfriend's in labour, the midwife about two hours later said, how did Everton get on? And I'm thinking, do not ask me that. But I did have... I did have the Premier League app there just to check because can you like honestly? I know it's not long ago. We were all petrified, weren't we? But you know, mm-hmm. even in that situation, <laughs> I had to have a little glance just to think: Have we please got another point? <laughs> but honestly, I've not seen any footage of that match. Not not a moment. But that will live. You know, that will be in my memory for the for the rest of my life. For you know, uh, for that personal reason. Um, so yeah, that is the most memorable nil nil for me. But I think, I, 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 well, I was going to say another one, Lyndon, but I don't want to, I won't mention it just no, in case. Go, it's go ahead. Go well, ahead. no, it, it's just probably one of my one of my favourite moments as an Evertonian. You know, I was, I started supporting Everton in September 95. So I am the jinx. I sort of, you know, <laughs> I didn't know that the FA Cup was happening, didn't know it was a thing. Um, but for me, what was really special was the nil-nil against Manchester United at Wembley. Uh, uh, the FA Cup 2009 
when when we beat them on penalties and like cars played, it was just so special and and something at that point that I'd never experienced in in my what how many years I'd supported Everton fourteen years at that point, and that was just the peak. And I, I remember Rooney and Ronaldo hadn't started, and we still couldn't beat them. <laughs> but you know, we we managed to get we managed to you know hold them to nil nil. Um, so that that's probably my you know my second one. You know what what a day and. And to beat them on penalties, you know, as Evertonians going into a penalty shootout, you're United, you know, you're not confident, are you? But yeah. when Berbatov, you know, rolled that ball across the floor, you thought, we've got a chance here. So that was, yeah, so memorable, so special. Yeah, when Tim Kyle skied the first one, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that was it. But, yeah, yeah, that Watford one. Yeah. That, that Watford one was awful, but I, I also... um. <laughs> Yeah, I saw. I did the opposite. I I, I was supposed to go and see uh, I'm Alan pa- I'm Alan Partridge, Alan Partridge at the uh, at the Echo. I was really looking forward to that, and I was like, I can't miss this Watford game. It's too important. And the yeah. game was so was so so crap. It was just, oh, it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just I was I was just furious because literally nothing happened. I was just furious that I didn't go to the Partridge gig instead. It was just like I just ended up giving the tickets away as well. Because nobody would buy them off. It was just like, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you win on that one, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, United one's a good shout. I wish I'd thought of that one because I didn't have anything on a uh, from a positive one. Uh, <laughs> mine, uh, I mean, I suppose the, the boring ones are pretty forgettable by nature, aren't they? I remember a couple of games at the end of Ancelotti's reign: the the one at Villa, nil nil, um, and the one at Brighton. Those two, just in recent memory, stick out as just truly dreadful games. Um, but the one, the most boring game for me has to be my very first Everton game, which was that I, that I saw in the flesh. It was a Merseyside derby in November 1986. And we were sat with the gods in the top balcony and it was bloody freezing. And that's literally all I can remember about it. I remember absolutely nothing else. So I think, you know, given that you're, your first match, you're supposed to really remember lots of things about it. I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened. And so for that reason, it must be the worst goalless draw I've ever seen. <laughs> The, one of the, the other good goalless draws that I've seen was a derby, actually. I was at Anfield when we played there in 2003. So that would have been like uh, Rooney up front with Duncan. I think Radzinski mm. also played that day. Um, and I remember Nigel Martin having an absolute stormer. Um, I was sitting very much on my hands, kind of in the corner by the cop, because I went with a Liverpool fan. Um, and I remember thinking... God, what do I actually want to happen here? Because this, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. What, I'm not quite sure how to be. So a nil-nil actually kind of helped me out massively because I didn't really have to fake do anything or, or I didn't have to have the move. But that was a really good nil-nil. Um, I remember we had some. Well, I remember Rooney was the big thing at the time. Um, I remember he played quite well. Didn't take a chance he should have. I think Duncan headed one wide of relatively empty net at one point but um Gerard of course was playing for Liverpool and I remember Nigel Martin saved a couple from him it was just a brilliant nil-nil um and yeah it, yeah it certainly helped me out massively that there were no goals the 0607 season when we beat Liverpool 3-0 at home we went to Anfield in the February and we put in such a good defensive performance and got a nil-nil there and I think again that for me from the time I supported Everton to to beat them at home so emphatically and then, you know, come away from Anfield with a with a clean sheet and a harder point. That's another memorable one for me because, you know, we were really in the game and I think that was, a you know, the start of a time when we, we probably matched Liverpool and, you know, we, we finished above them um, a few seasons. 
So that's a, that's another one memorable, you know, Anfield one for me. Well, thanks, fellas. And as always, thanks to everyone for listening. We shall return this time next week to talk about Arsenal. Wouldn't be great to be discussing a hard-earned draw or a shock victory. Whatever happens, we'll bring you our thoughts. Until then, all the best and up the momentum-building toffees.